The second 2000 AD annual I would have owned and this time around Massimo Bellardinelli is on cover duties. As well as the familiar ace, GBH, Fik and Shifi Massimo also returns to Judge Dredd, first time since 1977, and as far as I'm aware provides his only renditions of Strontium Dog and Rogue Trooper. I'm covering this publication around the time it was originally published, tidally fitting in between Prague 434 and jumping on Prague 435, with all new stories. Though there's also going to be the Judge Dread annual and something else. Before the jumping on Prague, being a Christmas present the first time I'd actually have read this would have been at my nan's house, Christmas Day 1985. Cosmic Contents is, unsurpsingly, the contents page this year illustrated by Cam Kennedy and featuring Dredd arresting a huge mutant alien thing, with the words you're jaywalking, citizen. If I were to be over-analytical then I'd suppose that the creature isn't a mutant or an alien, as neither of those could be referred to as citizens, not at this point in the timeline, anyway, so it must be the victim of some kind of shape-changing experiment instead. I don't think aliens count as mega-citizens, anyway? Muties definitely don't. Ace Trucking Company by Grant Grover and Bellardinelli. The story has no title and despite the link to a collected edition at the beginning of this paragraph as far as I know this isn't actually available in reprint form, would be happy to be corrected though, as this story is one of the best examples of Bellardinelli's painted art that we ever got in Tharg's publications. Speaking of which, this opens with a speedo ghost streaking through a gorgeously rendered cosmos, as colorful as the most rainbow-hued emission nebula. Before the end of the first page a stowaway has been discovered. By the second page a loot jacking is in progress. Like the Slanya story from last year's annual, also painted by Bellardinelli, the middle four pages of this six-page story comprise double-page spreads, giving Masmio space to have fun in widescreen format. The loot jacker demands to be taken to Cuba, younger readers may not get this reference, but in the late 60s and early 70s there were a number of skyjackings where the skyjackers tried to fly to Cuba, which remained in the public consciousness well into the 80s. Not all of the skyjackings between the USA and Cuba were one way, but the lube jacker is easily caught, point your peepers that away. Dash looks that way, gets hit on head, and then gives Ace a sob story about what a failure they are. Which allows the lube jacker to snatch the gun from Ace's hand, march the crew of the speedo ghost of the ship, and onto a distress buoy, they're not that callous, and speed off. Just as GBH is about to throttle Ace for being so stupid, the speedo ghost comes back for the lubejacker to get directions to Cuba. Ace points out a star, then hits the lubejacker on the head again when their attention is distracted. It remains only for the lubejacker to be left standed on the distress buoy. A neat little six-page story. I distinctly remember moving home in 1986, having this annual with me and reading it while waiting in a takeaway to get that first meal at the new house. In case you've ever wondered what color GBH's hair was, between the cover and this story it's shown as, blue and purple, blue, white and red, yellow and blue, golden yellow. Shaco book I, and so the reprint begins. Though that was no problem at the time as this was the first time I'd encountered the only polar bear on the CIA death list. There's loads from the original story which isn't reprinted in this version, the entire sequence in the hospital for a start, Krogs 25-28, including the misadventures of traitor to the human race unk. I'm tending not to dwell on reprint material if I've already covered it earlier in this blog, so onwards too. Judge Dredd, On the Waterfront by T.B. Grover and Ian Gibson. 
Some furtive perps are creeping around the mega city docks at night, indulging in some illegal gambling. One of those present is from a ship, the Dolores del Peck, which appears to be an obtuse reference to Dolores del Rio and possibly Gregory Peck, who appeared in a film called The Boys from Brazil, which seems fairly logical, seeing as that's where the ship in question is from. In the best future shock tradition, mention is made by the judges of the stuff, the goods, the poison and illegal goods. We saw similar with the comics pusher story that introduced Max Normal and that story about white stuff, sugar. In case you haven't read the story, and haven't guessed by now, the illegal substance this time around is gasp coffee. I think the humor of this went over my head at the time, I was just on board for the action, designs and great artwork, in Gibson's airbrush style, as seen in a Halo Jones star scan and in the most recent sci-fi special. Rogue Trooper Quiz Special 20 questions, some a bit more obscure than others. Skimming through them I could answer about three quarters, but I couldn't remember which of Rogue's comrades got chipped first, it was Gunner. The next feature was called Design a Dread Costume. On the contents page but as an arms buyer's almanac micro-update, your chance to be a judge. In the annual itself. This feature came up on a forum or Facebook group not too long ago, apparently the judge costume depicted, in grayscale photo form, was marketing deployed by IPC magazines at various signings and events in the mid-80s. For those wondering, the model appears to be wearing shoulder and knee pads constructed from some kind of cut foam, a white motorbike helmet, rubber gloves and holding a convincing metallic lawgiver, could have been made out of cardboard and spray-painted silver for all I know. Original story, check. Reprint, check. Quiz, check. Feature, check. Time for a text story. Diary of a Mad Citizen with words by Alan Grant and Spot Illows by Eric Bradbury. Being a diary this is calendar dates and takes place between the 19th of January 2107 and 10th of February 2107. The citizen in question seems to want to make their Thursday special, though the 19th of January 2107 will actually be a Wednesday, but never mind. The story is about a mega-citizen who believes his knee pad has started talking to him, has it ripped off in a fight and tries to commit suicide but is tricked and caught by the judges. There's been worse text stories in the annuals and specials, and it has a decent enough punchline, ostensibly the character is cured but still wonders at something that the knee pad said earlier. Shaco Book 2 reprints the portion starting with the oft-repeated lie about suicidal lemmings and ends with the titular polar bear taking out some seal clubbers. Countdown to the Apocalypse War You might wonder why there's a feature on the Apocalypse War three years after it ran in the Prague. The reason is that it's followed by six daily dread strips related to the war and its aftermath, including the infamous, APOC and 11 panels. The Apocalypse War is the strips themselves, which I'd have covered in the Daily Dread 1982. The Milton Keynes Muties. Another page, another feature, this one reminding those who didn't catch them first at me around about the prior appearances of Billy Plum and, well, it's in the title. The one-page intro explains that the following story takes place ten years after the previous appearance. Strontium Dog, the Beast of Milton Keynes credited to Alan Grant and Carlos Escura. Continuity-wise we're told the largest mutant ghettos are Milton Keynes, Blythe and Wolverhampton. A typical Johnny does good story as he and Wolf go on the trail of a mutant hiding out in Milton Keynes' mutant ghetto, having been accused of murder on a particularly mutie hostile colony world. Old acquaintances are greeted, the truth of the matter is established, the renegade was attacked by mutant haters, 
one of whom was killed in a squabble over money stolen from the mutant, and then Johnny shoots the mutant, as he wouldn't receive a fair trial, and if he doesn't kill him then other bounty hunters will kill him anyway. But it's all a ruse, the shot was a stun shot, but the vid recording in the nose of the Alpha's helmet will show the mutant being shot dead. Shaco Book 3 concludes the reprint material for this annual with Buck Dollar eschewing white man methods and killing Shaco the Eskimo way. With a bazooka. Um. Judge Death vs. the Meccan. Lou Stringer, impossibly his only credited work for Tharg, provides the last bit of filler this annual. Just before the last story, Tharg gets in an advert for this year's Judge Dread annual. Coming in the next blog post. Rogue Trooper appears in an untitled story by Sim 1 and Cam Kennedy, first time we've seen fully painted art from Cam? As I say, it's not given a title, so let's call it Nordville. Nordville is a mobile rest and recreation squadron, which translates to a traveling fair aimed at Nords. Among the shooting ranges, shooting at Southers, naturally, holograms and clairvoyance is a special exhibit in a sealed bubble, the Rogue Trooper. Though from the first page we know it's not rogue as this one has red eyes, instead of blank white eyes. What follows is an hour of humiliation for the fake rogue as a Nort soldiers beats him in a wrestling match, leaving what turns out to be a robo-rogue begging for mercy. One of those spectating is not impressed, walking off and stripping off his chem suit to reveal the real rogue. It may be only his ego being harmed, but he wants rid of this sideshow. I'm hoping this was intentional, but the following day the real rogue has taken the place of the robot and the show is recreated. The bit I'm hoping is intentional is the placement, as you read the annual you can see both the normal Nort show and the version with the real rogue, so you can compare the two performances. The latest performances juxtaposes the showman's words, about how rogue is a coward and can't face a real man, with what is actually happening, the Nort soldier is being beaten to a pulp by rogue. Rogue manages to take out a few Norts, but he's still in the middle of a town full of Norts? How can he escape? More nice juxtapositions here as he appears to escape on a hover vehicle, switching from declaring that he can't expect mercy from the Norts to a rerun of what Robo Rogue was programmed to say earlier while begging for mercy. With a big explosion we cut back to the suited-up Rogue walking away from the scene. Once clear Helm and Bagman bemoan the waste of such a well-programmed piece of kit, Robo Rogue, and then the scene shifts to the framing story which I didn't mention at the top of this paragraph, Southers in a foxhole talking about all this, the main story was a flashback. The recounting of this tale is interrupted by the appearance of a blue-skinned figure. A figure without a helmet, backpack or rifle, but with red eyes. Grail Page, I'm writing this only one story into the annual, but I'd be surprised if any other page beats it. Massimo Bellardinelli's fourth and fifth page, second double-page spread and third page of artwork he'd have turned in, has it all. A double-page spread wide, two-thirds of a page-high panel showing the distress beacon has a backdrop of colorful emission nebulae, atmospheric backgrounds and GBH's hair and all its painted glory. Grail quote, Alan Grant, and John Bogner, Wolf Sternhammer, a favor? Leaving him to live in Dare Hole like Milton Keynes? Do me dare favor, Johnny, don't do me any favors. Feedback Survey